Paddy Goes to Petra, Part 2. Near FM presents Paddy Goes to Petra, written by Anya Ryan, directed by Anna Nugent. Please be advised the topic we are about to explore may not be suitable for young listeners. This production was recorded remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic. I explain that one. Look, I, I, I didn't go to the embassy because I, I really like the old passport and, and I'm hell-bent on finding the old one with all the stamps in it and, and that. Bull, Paddy. What are you playing at? Are you proud you're embarrassing me? What's embarrassing? We go on holiday together and you've never come back. People are beginning to talk and worse. I can't contact you. I've given you Farage's number. All I hear when I dive out of the donkey neighing. Well, you know my location. Yes, and that's why Jack is dropping by there. Jack's coming? He has a business meeting in Dubai and is doing a layover in Jordan so he can come down to Petra himself. Tomorrow he'll be there. Tomorrow? The following morning, I watched Jack shimmy into Petra. I was kind of expecting something like this to happen. Someone to come over. Makes sense that it's Jack, and he on a constant globetrot for work. Jack has a business meeting in Dubai, and is doing a layover in Jordan, so he can come down to Petra himself. I'm standing by the treasury as he enters through the Sikh. He's in the best of gear. Sunglasses a sleek tracksuit, and top-of-the-range runners to complement his swagger. Jack is always the epitome of cool. I wish you couldn't, lad. Jack and I have a relationship lots of in-laws have with each other, I suppose. We appear to know each other well, yet on a deeper level I almost don't know anything of him. Jack was married to Julie before I even started going out with Eilish. They're the only siblings in their family. And with me being an only child myself, Jack is actually the closest male family member I have in my life. Now, anyway. We hike the main trail together as far as the monastery. We sit at the cafe there, sipping two piping hot teas spiced with cardamom. So far, we've ignored the hot topic as to why I've been out here several weeks with little to no contact home. Here, getting up in the morning doesn't feel like a chore. I didn't realise you felt so down in Ireland. It's a strange feeling to have the landscape you once loved now loath with painful memories. Maybe my release here comes simply with not dealing with the farm or the household. My household, you mean Eilish? I suppose. Actually, Jack, I want to chat to you about something. 
What was going on in your head last year when you had your affair? I don't mean to pry. I'm just trying to find correlation in what you found last year with that woman and what I'm experiencing. Jack had been forthright with Julie that he'd fallen in love with the other woman. Well, Paddy, if you liken life to writing a novel, it was like I'd interrupted mine with a plot twist. One that felt admittedly brilliant. To me, anyway. Ultimately, I couldn't find the confidence. It would have thrown too many other characters into disarray. Look, Paddy, I just instructed I convince you to come home. You're the only writer of your novel, though. No one else holds your pen. Jack's flight leaves Amman Airport at 8.40 in the morning. He has a seat booked for me, but I don't depart with him. I wonder what he tells them all back home, because not two weeks later, I'm sitting in Farage's cave, enjoying my early morning tea, when Imad rushes in. Three Irishmen just checked into my apartment, Paddy. They are looking for you. No, not Jack. By the weight of Imad's descriptions, I decipher the three potential candidates are six foot eight inch tall John Bjelk. Square face and a lack of teeth is Morris, and the small man with red curls. No, Tom Murray couldn't have flown the whole way to Jordan. He pukes his ring up on our Cheltenham flight every year. I'm seriously chuffed. Jack probably told them it's a pearl of a place and sent them out to visit. I tell him, Mad, to send them into Wadi Musa and I'll meet them in an hour. Truth be told, it's like a mirage when I see the familiar shapes of them sitting out on the decking of a restaurant 60 minutes later. They're identical to myself in the beginning. Not sure whether to stick a spoon or a finger into the hummus. Their eyeballs nearly pop from their sockets when they turn round to witness me. I should mention by this stage that my stubble is in generous flow. Farage's Bedouin coat drapes warmly around me, and the scarf I bought on the first day of Petra is now a permanent fixture around my head. Lord bless us and save us. Paddy. Morris gets out a disposable camera and clicks it at my face a dozen times. I can't tell you the work these men did during Killian's funeral. John Bjug transformed the bottom field to a car park. Morris organised guards of honour from local sports teams. Murray kept the farm going for the first couple of weeks in the aftermath. Come on and we'll discuss all over a pint. Would you believe, lads? I'm a coffee fiend now. And if you'd happened to be in Wadi Musa that afternoon, that's how you'd have found the four of us, balancing espressos against our lips. Well, this is one scene I could never have predicted, Paddy. Of all the places we've been sent to collect you, this really takes the price. Collect me? It isn't actually to visit me they're here. It's to bring me home. Jack said there was no stirring you to leave, so Eilish asked us to handle this. Well, you know, boys, I'm pretty content residing here for a spell. You men know how it is when you need time out. But they don't seem to know. And it's not like these men have incredibly smooth lives, either. Well, who has? Big Jer had a brother drowned at 18. Murray had a business that went into her ears. Morris cares daily for his mother with dementia. You know what's coming up next weekend, Paddy? Of course. 
I could drink eight barrels of beer and snort a bale of cocaine and still remember that wicked date. We have an anniversary mass. And then everyone in attendance swarms back to our house for tea and cake and brandies and you name it. Eilish thinks it's a sweet way to keep his memory alive. But for me, it just intensifies the pain. Paddy, we know you're still very vulnerable because of Killian, but so is Eilish. We all miss him. Don't we, boys? We do. Yeah. One thing that really crystallised when I had children is how much love pours in for them. I sat dazed at the funeral. I didn't know half the crowd, many of them with tears flowing freely. Sadie was the worst of the mourners, obviously. He'd broken up with her months before he died. Another weepy affair. God, just hearing that now makes me think. Maybe Killian had left the relationship on purpose. Perhaps he had the death planned early as then. Apologies. That's just how this jigsaw assembles at times. Killian left no note, you see. It's incredibly frustrating. Eilish's preferred theory is that Killian organised what he did drunk and had no logical clue what he was doing. All the salaries I spent on him. Thousands of hours ferrying him here, there and everywhere. We'll help to keep the farm ticking, but there is only so much we can sort. Actually, lads, it'd be more relief than anything to be devoid of cows altogether. Right now, it's, it's a solace not to be there worrying about animals. Whatever happiness I can root from life at this present time, I'm finding it here. Petty, for God's sake. If God wanted you to be an Arab, then in a Middle Eastern womb you'd have grown. Do you ever wonder if you're born in your country of origin for a reason? Should you always respect that culture? Or are you entitled to pack up and begin anew somewhere else? Look, lads, let's discuss it after I give you a, a grand tour of the Red Rose City. And so I spend my last night in Petra in the pub of a hotel, drinking Guinness and downing shorts. I haven't had a drink in all the weeks here, so after three pints and a half one, I'm already feeling the effects. I don't remember much, but some point late in the night, I agree to go back to Ireland with the men. I stay with the lads at Imad's apartment. Imad does his best to cure our hangovers by bringing us a most delicious omelette breakfast the following morning. Not even that spread can coax Morris from the bed. But John Bjog and Murray gobble it and are convinced to voyage it to Petra, especially when I inform them we'll access it freely from the village. Unfortunately, with such rain, it's the same stop-start sort of a day as I endured with Eilish. Still, I cover as much of the main trail as I can, and naturally the boys are enamoured by it. I meet Farage by the monastery, but he's in the middle of leading a tour, so I don't get much of a chance for conversation. I thought your plan was staying for a few months, buddy. I take off the coat to return to him, but he insists I keep it. Are you serious? Thanks, Farage. Morris rings to say he has a taxi booked for us back to Aqaba in an hour's time. Our flight home is tomorrow. We boot it back down to the entrance, and as Morris shops for a fridge magnet for his mother, Murray requests we check we've all required documents before we speed off. Wallet? Check. Passport. Lads, 
I'm serious. I've checked everywhere. I have genuinely forgotten my passport. <sighs> uh, no, honestly, I don't have it, lads. A decision is made that I will re-enter Petra. With the excitement of the men arriving yesterday, I, I can't remember the last time I consciously checked for it at all. I'll check for Raj's cave. I search it thoroughly, but no luck. Imad has cleaned the apartment since Morris left and not seen it either. I pace back up the main trail. Where the devil could it have fallen from my pocket? Have I been without it for a couple of days? Perhaps I, I left it in my own small cave I've been frequenting. About two weeks back, I discovered the perfect spot for myself, away from any of the recognised tourist trails. You've to climb several canyons to get there, and then down through a narrow crevice. I was ecstatic upon discovering it. With thousands of tourists entering Petra every day, it's nice to have my own quiet space to retreat. I haven't even told Farage of it because I was nearly frightened he'd move in there himself upon experiencing its charm. I get to the final passage, leading to the cave reasonably quickly. In dry weather, it still takes a generous twenty minutes to actually navigate down the final few metres, as it's a deep descent, and you need to literally climb down. I've never even thought of coming here in wet conditions, so I know it's going to be fairly slippery for both feet and fingers against the rock. Just take small steps, Patrick. One foot in front of the other, that's all you have to do. I try to replicate that counsellor's advice here, operating very slowly from one section to the next. Okay, just keep your hands firmly clasping the rock, Paddy. You're well able for this. Mother of God, this is nerve-wracking. These conditions are too treacherous to continue. Slowly, but surely. Jesus, this is going to be tough. Careful now. I was in a car crash a few weeks after Killian's burial. Probably wasn't safe for me to be driving from the shock of his death. Miraculously, I emerged from that without injury. But I'm suspicious the pain I'm feeling now compensates for what I should have felt then. My body aches like a bomb has detonated through it. My ribs are loose as ribbons, and my femurs pain like a toothy hound making juice of their bones. And there's blood. Seems to be trickling slowly, but what if I'm left here for the night? It can't be too severe. I still seem to have my wits about me. Ha! Wits! Great wits now in carrying around an uncharged mobile phone and you stuck down here, Paddy. Jesus Christ. You need to be a man of primal energy to climb out of here. I won't be found either in this sorry state. And I not even the lung capacity to scream for help. Who'll even come looking? The men might have already driven off, thinking I've rejected flying home. And Farage won't bat an eye because he thinks I've left already. Imad could assume I've the passport located.
Now drowning is another possibility. There. Can you see how quickly my negative mind spirals? One technique the counsellor advised me to use during depressive episodes involves compiling joyous memories and recalling them in my head over and over. I've created different selections. One of my own boyhood. Another chronicling my relationship with Eilish. Our initial courtship, that sort of thing. In this situation, I picked my most popular movie of all. My memories with Killian. Him in my arms for the first time. At the hospital. Him shouting Daddy excitedly, skipping towards me as he hops from the school bus. Age 20. Singing on stage in Eamon on Chnick. Is father may We snapped us, we shot. Skandana de gam erenya. Mavraner gan kur. Mashais rock gan skor. Is gan idagam Nil Kara Agam is Janet Lamshin a Glockfe Mimak Nadjenak is Gakafe Megyal our Faharik Shear Sanak will Mugwilta. It gets dark. I'm afraid to attempt sleep, in case I don't wake up again. Every few minutes I have a stop-start operation towards the bottle of water that I dropped, but my legs are like bricks. I open my mouth and catch what I can of the raindrops. Through the night my discomfort worsens. I think it's still night anyway. I can't open my eyes. I'm in such agony, all I want is for my fate to be decided soon. Either die or be saved. No, you don't mean that, Patty. Of course you want to come out of this place alive. The new dawn will surely bring some sort of a search for me. Or will they bother? What if they presume it's my plan to disappear? This was my initial plan, after all. Buzzing in my ear. My nose runs. My head throbs like fireworks are within, waiting to explode. And then... Next thing... I see him. Him. Killian? He's in the distance, climbing down a canyon. Killian! I, I don't know if he's heard me, but he seems to be walking in my direction. You made it to Petra, Killian! He's too concentrated on his descent down to talk. Oh, get me out of here, son. Thank you. Thank you. He looks the same as before he left us. I take in the full of him as he kneels beside me. 
placing both hands under my back and attempting lifting me from the ground. He doesn't seem to have the strength, however. I try to shift my body upwards to assist him, but to no avail. I say a few words, direct him to where it will be lighter for him to move me, but he doesn't respond. Why isn't he hearing me? He tries again, pulls and pushes gently at different parts of my body to secure a reasonable grasp on me. It continues for about twenty minutes, but then he becomes tired, sighs, and gives up. Killian, don't leave, please. He's climbing back out, upwards and upwards. Don't walk away. Help! He's out and walking now, further and further away, however, his figure becoming blurry in the distance. Killian! 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 Dad. My daughter's lips dip to mine and she plants gentle kisses all over my face. <laughs> Where am I, Joanna? She tells me I'm in hospital, in Amman. One of the Bedouin found me, just as they were about to call off the search. No. Killian found me. I, I saw Killian. I'm not surprised, Dad. You're completely unconscious. She rings Eilish to rush to the hospital. They've all been here weeks, waiting and praying for me. National papers ran spreads on my disappearance. The photo Morris took with his camera was front page coverage. Rumour was even out I'd been abducted. Eilish produces the passport and <laughs> turns out the cave was where my passport had been hiding. The flight to Dublin is now boarding at K24. I put up no fight this time, boarding the plane back to Ireland. My body is still weak and bandaged to a hilt, and I tell you, I'm glad to be returning to a comfortable bed. In Ireland, upon recovery, I settle into routine as best I can. I try to do the same things as I did in Petra, which seemed to help me emotionally. I drive into town to choose a coffee shop, where I can spend my evening making notes and observations of the day. No cafe in a small Irish town operates later than 5.30, so I make my way over to the pub instead on the main square. Paddy, what's that you're scribbling? No mention of me, I hope. I don't want the wife finding out I'm here. No, nothing about you, Dermot. In the end, I start doing my writing at home. I sit with my thoughts on the porch. It seemed to work most effectively although I miss the street life to ignite my senses. I find a book club too and join that. I take up a computer class, and one of the first things they show us was how to book flights. So that gets me excited. A fitness class is helping rebuild my strength. I speculated about getting a tattoo. I did get a tattoo. <laughs> Hello, Dermot. 
When I asked for the artist to ink the word Petra, he asked twice if I definitely wanted a woman's name that was not on my wife's baptismal cert along my arm. Yes, was my emphatic reply. I sometimes even wore coal and the headscarf round the farm, although Eilish forced me to wipe it off before going out in public. Most around think I'm a full header at this stage anyway. When I went back managing the farm, every Monday at the Mart other farmers were over asking about my Middle Eastern adventures. There was excuse for my non-conformity at least. Ah sure, his son died. Who knows what we'd start doing if we were in his position. The weeks fly by. I'm out one afternoon checking on cows in the fields. Below the farm at the house, I see Julie's car parked up. I hear a door slam, and Julie rushes into her car. Everything all right, Julie? You're going to knock into the bins! Down they crash. What the hell? That sickly feeling spreads over me when I realise I'm in the same position on the hill as the morning of Killian's death, hearing Joanna in the house screaming. This time, I'm frozen as the house remains silent. My mind starts operating overtime. If it's anything drastic, I won't have the strength to face it. Joanna, is she all right? When was her flight back to Brazil? Herself and Ricardo have stayed behind in the Middle East to do some more travelling. I bolt back inside quick as I can to find Eilish in tears in the kitchen. What is it? I slept with Jack. Yeah, in Cyprus. But before that too. All last year. I am the other woman. Stab me with this. I haven't wanted to be alive since Killian died. I've been making my life into one mess after the other. I look down at the knife she's holding. It's one of a few remaining items of a set my mother had given Eilish and me for a wedding gift. As was commonplace in those days. Our wedding day. All the promises and well-meaning intentions. I nearly think about plunging the blade in my own craw for a moment. Instead, I just walk out of the room and go upstairs. Into the bathroom. And I place the lid down on the toilet and sit there. Over the next few hours, I ponder over all of it. Part of me wants nothing more than to drive up to Jack's office. And just as he salutes, a fine kick in the groin so the next time he pulls down his pants near my wife she's staring at blackberries. I contemplate the evidence Julie showed us in the bank statement before she confronted Jack. All those hotel trips were with Eilish? Was it all in Ireland? Or has she been foreign on his account? She did find some cities suspiciously easy to navigate. Also, 
No wonder she's yet to be published, or film air a thing, if she hasn't actually been to all these film festivals and writers' weekends she makes out she attended. Then, another side of me thinks of Jack in Petra, talking genuinely about this being the woman he truly loved. Later, Eilish arrived up to check I wasn't drowning. I'd filled myself a bath, but still didn't answer. Next thing, I hear the stepladder outside, and Radu, a new Romanian volunteer who has consequently just arrived the night before, is pressing his face in against the window, and me, naked as a newborn, in the top. Eilish asked me check you? Poor chap. He couldn't think of the English word for drowning, so he pretended to choke as a signifying gesture and nearly slipped from the ladder himself. I wanted to sleep in the bath too, to avoid Eilish completely. But with only a damp towel as a duvet, it wasn't the most comfortable arrangement. I could hear her pottering about downstairs, so I couldn't choose the sofa, and I certainly wasn't going back into our own room. We've transformed Joanna's bedroom into the volunteer room, so all that was left was Killian's room. Smell damp, and of him. I sat myself on the bed, peeled back the bed covers, and wept until the pillow was pasted to my face. I went through his stuff. There was a radio plugged into the wall, pens on his desk, his books on a shelf, clothes dangling in the wardrobe, several framed pictures lined the wall, two of him and his friends, one of him and me. On the bookshelf, I find a travel book on the Middle East. I can't believe it. As far as I can remember, Killian never mentioned any plans to visit that part of the earth. When I open it, though, he has landmarks highlighted and tourist information underlined. There it is. Petra. With an asterisk alongside it. Later I go downstairs to boil the kettle. I've brought back mint and sage, and I fancy a cup of Bedouin-style tea. By right, Eilish shall have left the house to do her night shift in the nursing home. It's about two o'clock in the morning, but instead, she's come home for a break. Right now, she reminds me of the girl I first met. My first glance of Eilish was her standing outside at the dance hall, bothered because her date hadn't shown up. Go if you want. Go to Jack. If it's him you want. Love, that's the main wonder of the world. Seriously, you'd be hard-pressed to watch a mightier spectacle in the Colosseum as two hearts falling head over heels. And name me a love triangle without complexities akin to the Great Pyramids. She needs to go back. Her break is up. 
As she leaves, she touches my hand. I hear her close the front door, start the car, and imagine a couple of restless patients waiting for her at the nursing home. She'll tuck them back in bed, read them a chapter of a novel, give them their pills. In this house, maybe it's not worth attempting sleep either, as upstairs Radu is snoring loudly. Instead, I go find my notebook and open a fresh page. The play you have just heard, Paddy Goes to Petra, by Anya Ryan, directed by Anna Nugent, was performed by Abdul Al-Sharif as Faraj, Imad, Morris, Tim Casey as Paddy, Gina Costigan as Air Hostess and Attendant 2, Jesse Doyle as Ryan Air Hostess, Attendant 4 and Bereavement Counselor, Paul Nugent as Jack, Killian, Radu and Captain, Mo O'Connell as Joanna and Attendant 1, Owen O'Sullivan as John Bjog, Tom Murray and Dermot, Fiona Tobin as Eilish and script consultancy provided by Claire Monolly. This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.